You're listening to a Red Bull podcast. I'm Al Grigg, and this is Red Bull's If These Walls Could Talk, a podcast about our favourite parties and the people and places that made them. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we record and honour their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. We've been hearing the stories behind some of Australia's favourite festivals from the people behind them. And it has been so good to bask in memories and images of being surrounded by a huge crowd in a beautiful location, dancing and watching performances by artists we love. All those little things that make festivals so damn good. So what happens when music festivals can't happen? This episode, we're speaking to Emily Ullman about Isolade, the unique festival that stepped in to fill the huge void left in the industry when the lockdowns first hit, and that became a lifeline for musicians, artists, and music lovers. So my name is Emily Ullman. I'm the programming director of Always Live Festival. I'm the programmer of Forensic Music Festival, and I also co-founded and am the managing director and programmer for Isolate Festival. Emily wears a lot of hats. She's also a musician. She's tried her hand managing bands and worked in publicity and venue programming. Basically, this is someone who knows just about every pocket of the music industry. And needless to say, she loves going to music festivals too. She describes her favourite Victorian music festivals as emotions. I actually said to Woody McDonald, who used to program Meredith for many, many, many years and um, is now the music programmer for Rising. But I said to him that, you know, there's happy, there's sad, there's angry, there are all the emotions, but I feel like Meredith and Golden Plains have their own emotion. Like when I drive my mates into that area from the township of Meredith into that kind of amphitheater, I just like there's a special and specific Meredith feeling and Golden Plains feeling, like it's unlike, I don't have it anywhere else. When the pandemic hit in 2020, the music and festival industry was hit hard. Almost overnight, musicians lost their gigs, production crew lost their jobs, and festival producers were thrown into ongoing uncertainty. In response in what seemed like no time, Emily Ullman pulled together Isolade, a weekend-long music festival held through artists' Instagram pages, creating a platform for musicians to play and a place for music lovers in lockdown to connect with their favourite artists. Over a year later, Isolate is still going strong. It's now a fortnightly event, averaging 35,000 viewers. So we've had 901 artists. So we've had 1,046 sets, 362 hours and 50 minutes of music. It actually uh, blows my mind that it's sort of 18 months later. So for me, just looking back on the last 18 months, it's just been a bit of a whirlwind. I sort of take myself back there from time to time because, you know, now we're so used to these phrases in vernacular like lockdowns and bubbles and rings of steel and all these sorts of things. But back then it was so foreign and I just, my friends and I just had this immense sense of sort of panic and fear and uncertainty. And um, one of the other things I do for a living is I program the Brunswick Music Festival and the second week of that had just been cancelled my friend um, Murpire, who is a great, incredible performer and songwriter, her single launch tour had been cancelled. And so it was really just out of this sense of desperation and uncertainty that we kind of came together and tried to determine a way that we could 
still connect fans to their favourite musicians and vice versa. Can you take us back a bit to that first festival? You know, what do you kind of remember of it? Who played? And then eventually what led you to make it a weekly event? It was that first weekend. So March 21st and 22nd was our very first Isolade. So it was in a matter of pretty much two days. We brought the whole thing together because at that time there was sort of uncertainty about whether to stay home and whether we were allowed out. But then as soon as the lockdown was announced, we kind of got into gear. So it happened incredibly quickly. In that first weekend, Emily and Murpire programmed 24 hours of music, 12 back-to-back hours on the Saturday and then again on the Sunday. Musicians across the country performed live sets from home through Instagram Live and would then throw to the next artist's Instagram handle to move the audience along. So it ended up being 74 artists playing 20-minute sets each on Instagram and tag-teamed from one artist to the next for 24 hours. It was a pretty massive undertaking, but they nailed it. We might not have been able to leave home, but they brought the festival to us. It was just kind of like this instant sense of community, sort of lots of jokes about being like, you know, people were at a real festival, like going back to the tent to get a jumper or can I get you anything from the bar? This real kind of like, it was just so emotional. And the musicians that were performing, we had people like Didiri, Harvey Sutherland, Julia Jacklin, Stella Donnelly, you know, they were all reading the comments as they were performing. And of course, Courtney Barnett, the list goes on and on. And it was just so affecting. And it was so kind of moving to watch and to have created and it was sort of a no-brainer for me that I just wanted to keep it going. That first weekend went so well that Emily decided to do it again. She committed to running an isolate every single weekend we were in lockdown. It was insane. I actually, I haven't ever said this aloud or in public before, but I had, I thought I was dead. I thought, of course, it's typical for me, like I die and when I die, I'd then create a festival and program non-stop 74 artists a week. Like, of course, that's what I do. I just couldn't make sense of why this was all happening and how I ended up putting myself in this position. Yeah, it kind of does sound like a bit of an anxiety, one of your, like an anxiety dream or something. Totally. It's like, well, how do I get out of this? Yeah, it's like, what has happened? Yeah. Can you talk about some of your favourite moments of watching artists and audiences interact in the festival? Oh, my God, so many. Sometimes I lie in bed and I think about the book that I want to write and you still do get a glimpse into musicians' homes or their studios or, you know, wherever they live and you'd be in their kitchen with them and dogs would be running past and you'd see kids and and you'd never know what was coming next. Like 20 minutes later you'd tag team and just, you know, you'd be watching a musician playing in bed or Cousin Tony's for Andy Firebird, he played in the shower um, and... There's this lovely moment where Freya Josephine Hollick was playing in her lounge room and her little daughter, Opal, Freya's just playing. And then you see Opal sort of walking behind the couch, walking behind Freya. And you're like, what's she up to? And then she comes back and she walks past and she she had jelly beans. And so she basically waited till her mum was otherwise occupied and gone to the kitchen and helped herself to jelly beans. And just like really cute, wholesome, beautiful, you never get to see that stuff. Aside from these intimate moments with artists in their homes, Isolade also led to some cute interactions in the audience. I remember tuning into Isolade and seeing my friends' handles pop up, and we'd have little conversations in the comments while the artist was playing, and 
It almost felt like we were in the crowd at a festival. Because you could comment live, you'd often see the same names pop up and get to know the people who'd show up to watch every week. There were even some isolated romances. We had a first date. A couple were just like, they'd never met before because we were all isolating and home on our own. But yeah, a couple had met online and decided that their first date was going to be at one of the isolate gigs, which was super adorable. So they're still an isolate couple going strong. First dates and artists in their shower aside, Isolade was providing much more than the chance for music lovers to connect in lockdown. The festival became a lifeline for artists and music industry professionals. Part of Emily's motivation for starting the first Isolade was also to raise funds for Support Act, a non-profit that supports all facets of the Oz music industry, from mental health to financial challenges. So it's crucial and they offer like 24-hour support lines if you're, you know, if a musician is struggling anywhere they can just call and get financial help, um, mental health support. Um, They've helped people pay rent. Yeah, they're just invaluable. After the first few editions of Isolade were a success, the festival turned its financial focus towards supporting artists and people in the music industry directly. After a little while, I kind of moved those donations and started raising money for the artists themselves, which felt really important. At the end of 2020, Emily moved Isolade over from Instagram to TikTok. And she says the move has been great for artists. TikTok not only put money into the event, allowing Emily to pay every artist who performed, but it also has this added value of potential revenue. Because when you play a video on TikTok, the music used contributes directly to artists' streams. You know, the way that you saw the Dreams Fleetwood Mac song kind of hit the charts again after there was that TikTok clip with the guy whose car broke down and he with the Fleetwood Mac song and all of a sudden like that just goes viral and it's picked up and and songs hit the charts and so it's really it's much more accessible and egalitarian in that way for musicians because anyone can set up a profile and create a crowd create a fan base and I don't know how many gigs that you play where you can reach sort of 10,000 people in half an hour kind of thing um And TikTok's incredible like that. But also, like, it's a paid opportunity. Like, I feel like having a paid performance opportunity where you get to meaningfully reach a whole lot of new people is, you know, just as important and just as valuable as any. Obviously on a financial side, but also just in a kind of um, existential way to be performing and be connecting with people. It's, It's such a huge part of an artist's identity. Totally. And for the fans, I think you've really touched on something really important there because this kind of happy accident and why we're still going, particularly for Australians who value and who identify themselves so much as music lovers and music livers and what band t-shirt, what festival you're going to, which have you heard this new release, blah, 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 you know, all of those things suddenly kind of disappearing because venues are closing, tours are being cancelled. And so it was just this real sense of community that evolved. So good. It's amazing. Because that was my favourite part of we played and it was so fun. It was like, yeah, it was great. Just like setting up in your, you know, in our little study and you try to like put little things around the room to make it visually a little bit more interesting and dress the room up a bit. But it's also just fun as an audience member, just seeing people shouting out to each other and like, hey, friend, hey, friend. And you see all these people, you know, like, spying them across the room almost yeah like being in a gig you see and each musician that plays they have their own crowd and their own 
fan base that comes along musicians like this is giving us a literal lifeline like we're working out what we're going to wear and what we're going to how we're going to decorate our set and that was awesome to be able to provide people with that kind of sense of purpose and even after the show I feel like me and because we did it as a duo with me and the guy Tom who plays drums in in my band Palms and I feel like even afterwards we were both like really excited like almost that post you know post show high and we were like wanted to hang out all night just like drinking and talking and it was like this whole kind of like we had just you know well we had just played a gig for all these people but it was amazing how much it actually felt like you know we'd played it was the same as playing an IRL show. Totally I had exactly the same thing when I played like my heart raced beforehand just like a real gig and afterward like I had the same come down the whole thing it's like whoa. I think that's one of the best things about this festival right from the get-go it was built by musicians for musicians and for the industry. Knowing Emily and having been part of Isolate from the musician side of things too, you can hear in her voice how important running this festival is to her on a personal level. One thing that didn't change, and we still have this to this day, is the tagline is like that it's presented by the Australian music community. There are no headliners. The biggest name can play alongside the smallest. And we had weeks that were presented by booking agencies and management companies and publishing arms and venues. And we had a record store day where we had artists play from different record store um, handles and just really important that we were promoting and supporting the industry and the community as a whole. Like we're a, you know, symbiotic kind of microcosm. What Emily managed to pull off has been huge. I keep thinking of that festival feeling, how sad it was when we lost it. And that if Isolade was an emotion, it would be gratitude or relief or an absolute high amidst a pretty tricky time. I've got friends, and I'm sure you do too, who just have had gigs rescheduled and cancelled five times. I've had gigs cancelled so many times that they just never reappeared. I've I've just given up that they're going to happen. But being, you know, Brunswick Music Festival did happen this year in March and it was incredible and I just couldn't wipe the smile off my face. And it's all worth it. Like it's the slog and the the difficulty and the ups and the downs and the yo-yo and all of it, like it's it's absolutely worthwhile and we need each other and we're going to get through it. As Australia and the world opens back up to our favourite IRL festivals, there's definitely something in Isolade's design that will stay, even if running a weekly digital festival has its nightmare moments. So they've just been hilarious stories of people's connections dropping out and people being frozen mid-yawn or mid-note of their performance. But I think these days, people are more forgiving than ever of tech problems. And as an artist, reading through the personal messages of support coming through while you're performing is a totally different experience to playing to a live crowd. It's a kind of intimacy that can't really exist at an IRL show. It's rare that you would have this, like, direct line of conversation with an audience member beyond, you know, being heckled. I think everyone was just so grateful for this festival existing, coupled with people feeling so fragile at this time. It was like we were all going easy on each other and really just happy that we could still experience live music while locked down. And I absolutely like will have lifelong friends from the people that I've met, obviously working behind the scenes on the festival, but definitely chatting in the comments and people reaching out to me. And I have the most supportive, incredible humans who, you know, people were sending me Uber Eats vouchers, worried that I wasn't looking after myself while I was organising the festival. And it's just been the most incredibly heartwarming, kind, incredible experience. 
Another reason Emily wants to see live streaming stay part of the music festival experience when we open back up is for accessibility. And again, people would write to me all the time throughout the pandemic and throughout the journey of Isolate saying, please don't forget about us when we come out of lockdown. Like, you know, that people have all sorts of access barriers, whether they be geographical, you know, particular musicians or artists or tours don't reach certain areas of the world, people's physical or psychological barriers preventing them from getting to gigs. So I think Isolate and ventures like that and streaming in general is really important and I hope that it kind of is always part of the mainstream delivery of music, live music to people. As for Isolate itself, Emily seems to have no plans of slowing down. The festival is still running regularly on TikTok, clocking up thousands of streaming hours and hundreds of artists to its ever-growing lineup. Because, of course, you don't get the same feeling of being in a packed room or a packed stadium with so many other people enjoying the same thing, but just that it's its own thing, it's very different. There'll be lots of opportunities and lots of things that I want to explore and I'm definitely keen to keep it going and maybe even have an IRL iteration of Isolate at some point so that the ISO fam can gather in person. But something I think a lot about, but, um, you know, with a streaming component, of course. But I think it's a bit of a watch this space. Lots of conversations. Well, if there's ever an IRL Isolate, that couple that met on Isolate have to, I mean, have to get married at the, at the festival. They do, don't they? I should, I should word them up. I want to be best man. I want to be bridesmaid. I want to be, I want to marry them. Like I want to do the whole, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Emily. And thank you so much for organising something like Isolate as well. I feel like it has been this amazing force in the Australian music community throughout lockdown. And, you know, it's brought a lot of people a lot of joy from all, all sides of the industry, I reckon. Ah, thanks so much, Al. It means a lot. In the next and final episode of this series, we're going to be talking about the golden child of Australian music festivals, Splendour in the Grass, with the festival's unstoppable general manager, Jade Skelly. I'm Al Grigg. This is If These Walls Could Talk, a Red Bull podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. For more stories from the world of Red Bull, head to redbull.com slash if these walls could talk.